0: Welcome to Journey to the Centre of Food, first class travel for perpetually curious foodies. My name's Jay Taylor, I'll be at the controls today, along with our foodie fact finder James Winter. Hello. And on today's show, we are doing our very own Stranger Things, well, sort of Stranger Food Things, as we once again take a trip back in time, but this time to explore the strangest, most unusual and downright horrible dishes our ancestors have created. From the Tables of Kings to Simple fare, we're delving into the oddest foods from history. So without further ado, join us on a journey to the centre of strange foods. Mm. Hello, James. Curious. How are you doing? Yeah, yes. I'm curious. Curious. I'm curious. Yes. This is intriguing, isn't it? Curiouser and curiouser. And this is not. This is obviously not from us. We, we need have that kind a of yes, special well- guest, as
1: always we're far too straight and normal to be going into the world of a strange
0: <laughs> should we give him his intro yeah, uh, right striding through the mists of time once again whip and hat in hand he is the time traveling food historian who has a spoon in all the greatest historical kitchens for the past millennia the indiana jones of the food world and a man who has his own catchphrase james you can't say meltonville without saying mmm mm, it's mark
2: <laughs> meltonville hello mark hello there that's <laughs> Getting camper and camper every
1: <laughs> week. Oh, we'll have some music under it. Thanks, <laughs> I, I, I look forward
2: to your musical choice.
0: <laughs> we play, we plagiarise everything. But at the moment you are so, you are striding into Indiana Jones every time, I which do is like
2: that. Distinctly
0: uh, macho, I have to say, mm. it, it's very impressive. And hopefully, our listeners have the correct view of you sitting there with your leather hat on and leather your hat, uh, your yes. whip in hand. Of course, Layton as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mark, before we start delving into strange and odd foods. You have said to me about a French fridge. This is what he said to me. He said, the saga of the French fridge. And he's told me right. nothing more. So what right. on earth is going
2: on? Um, without giving too much away about where where I abode, I, uh, I do happen to live in a small village in Normandy a lot of the time. Uh, very, very small. There are only 98 of us. So that means that we all know what time everybody went to bed last night because you can <laughs> see the lights. Um, every now and then, when you have two countries, there are odd things that are dearer in one country or the other. Just, just no rhyme or reason. And one of the most expensive things you can purchase in France is a new refrigerator. Really? So one that I managed to get here in Black Friday sale for about one nine nine would cost me nearly €600 Euros over there. So being on, Bennett. A, I had no idea. It, yeah, so so that's, that's enough to make you think. So I bought one in a Black Friday <laughs> sale here in... 2020, (laughs) (laughs) because it is still in England, (laughs) because I cannot get the damn thing over there, because, and we're going to be metric here, it is 180 centimetres long, Mm. and virtually every car, estate, and even small van is 170, (laughs) and the doors won't shut, and so I'm still stuck here, but... But, my children, next <laughs> week, we are trying another car. <laughs> and we will see whether the fridge will actually get to France.
0: And The week after that, we will be giving a fridge away <laughs> well, yes. in the raffle yeah.
2: <laughs> on Jody Very December probably. Food. This is the last go. I've, I've had enough. Yeah. Now, is
0: this for you to use in your house? Are you just dealing, no, no, you this just is dealing just, knock-off fridges for French This is cheese?
2: just the new fridge for the kitchen, you know. The, 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 it's been, I've been waiting for it for two years That's, un,
0: that's very on un- the fun. image I have of your sort of Normandy retreat. I'm I imagined it would be. Perfectly without fridge. I imagine everything will be salted and sort of hanging on some kind of washing line somewhere. We
2: we, we do have a plethora of outbuildings with uh, barrels and things like that in it. But don't you want to come back into a cold beer? I do. <laughs> well,
0: exactly. No, no, not a cold beer. It's got to be a sort of dusty bottle of wine. Surely. I'm up
2: wine. in I'm up in Normandy. It's it's beers and ciders and things like that. Uh, we're, we're we're great fans of that sort of thing up there.
0: <laughs> Just you and Francois trying to get the fridge through the front door. Uh, you know when you get there, it's not going to bloody fit through the door.
2: Either. Oh, no, uh, oh, I measured the. Door. <laughs> (laughs) should take the cider (laughs) out first then that's what i suggest i actually watched a a video today uh, for a very very pleasant man from texas who deals in second-hand fridges who does youtube videos that show you how to move them because if you put a fridge onto the wrong side it never works again Oh, really? Oh, I learned that today. But anyway, we've got other things to talk yes. about. Yes, <laughs> Fridge chat. This is our spin-off <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> Where we talk about all the ways to refrigerate things. Yes, so, Mark, my intro was uh, sort of vague at the best because uh, this is something that you've concocted for us. And interestingly, we spent a lot of time in the podcast with you talking about the fact that actually in history, everyone was pretty much like us. They are all kind of normal. They like good-tasting things. However, there mm. are
2: still people out there who did batshit crazy stuff and that's what this is about right yeah i mean it's it's difficult when i was listening to the intro i thought oh i've written this all down wrong um (laughs) (laughs) we really should talk before i do it yeah um and because there is it's i think it's more odd and it's really difficult when you study food history and the foods of the world like you guys are interested in you realize a lot of things are just cultural um we love prawns shrimps and stuff up up in this end of the world most of the western world's got a thing about a huge tray of shrimp and so when you walk past a supermarket with some really massive prawns your brain goes oh they're nice you don't see the little eyes the whiskers the little feet because we're programmed not to yeah if we'd grown up in somewhere like vietnam we don't see locust on a stick. We go, oh, nice. And yet we see the little legs. the So a lot of, lot of these things when say, people say to me, oh, what's something disgusting people eat? Well, so it's, it's really difficult to say that. Um, but we can delve around some of the oddities where you think, you did that, really? <laughs> you know, was that a good idea? I mean, sometimes it's just really simple. Um, one of the things I'm looking at at the moment, right across history, is this passion for making one thing look like another.
0: Oh, so this is a repeat thing. It's a
2: it? repeat thing, and this comes back very much to, to Heston and his, his love of that, and it's, it's where he picked a lot of it up. The, uh, one of his very mm. famous dishes, the meat fruit, started off from a dish that uh, I was playing around with from the Middle Ages called pommes, French for apples. Yeah. And it was an apple meatball, uh, slightly spiced and slightly sweetened, put onto a spit and then roasted, with a green batter over the top because the idea was that your diners thought, "Oh, apples!" No, it's not. It's meatballs. So you get you get an awful lot like that. Whereas it's difficult to say whether that's weird, playful, fun. Um, one was of the it ones a delight, I
0: was- though, is I mean, we we did that for the TV show. That's where it all mm. started. And I remember after that, it became a bit of a thing that we did repeatedly on the TV show. And when we made the the fried eggs, but they were mango instead of the yolk, and mm. the white was like a yogurt. Mm. The delight on people's face was ridiculous. And it seems to, I get why people do it all the time, because something that looks like something else is really cool. It's just fun.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the the whole point. And, um, I mean, I was looking at some of them for for this this project, and you've got uh, a really simple one, which is slices of bacon, but they're coloured marzipan. So someone sat there and sort of made up a bacon strip and then rolled it flat, so it comes out like a frying strip, and laid those onto a plate. So you think, oh, look, there's think about it. So rot- they're
0: made to look like marzipan, or marzipan's made to look. like No, no, like they're, bacon.
2: Mar- they're made of marzipan that's d- been dyed to look like fat and and oh, right. meat. Oh, that's better that uh,
0: way round. The other way yeah, round, not so keen on the idea no. of sort of. <laughs>
2: it's not marzipan; no. it's bacon. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> raw pig everyone no that's that's weird science the wrong way around um, <laughs> this is the man who had raw pig in as uh, sushi in japan that that's a bad 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 day um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had raw chicken once at a, as a sushi. Yes, so the, that
2: was. this was the same. So this is a, mm. a three-way how plate. How do you do that? I don't understand. Well, you just sort you of can... eat it and shut your eyes around. But so how yeah, is just... that not poisonous? If it's <laughs> well, it's well, very clean. It's, it's an extremely clean animal that, according to the man in the restaurant, has passed all sorts of health
1: Yes, checks. there's a lot of trust involved, Dave. <laughs> there's a lot basically. of
2: trust. <laughs> This was a three-way plate. It had slices of chicken, slices of pork and slices of beef and everyone else was freaking out about the chicken and I'm thinking, yeah, but there's pork in the middle there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no one nice. see that? But anyway, I'm still here. The restaurant's still there. We're all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Returning to the world of uh, multi pound bacon. <laughs> Slightly more simple because luckily it isn't pig. But uh, the first thing when I read about that, I thought, well, why are you going to be fooled? Why, why would you expect a tray of what looks like pancetta to turn up amongst the sweets. It's just going to not work. And we've got to remember, we've got to go back to our dining styles. This is from a time when sweet and savory were put on the table in front of you, like a mini buffet. Ah, so there's yes. all sorts of, of things. And it's exactly the same as the one that intrigued Heston, the apples that um, actually meatballs of course you might expect a dish of roasted apples to be next to a chicken to be next to fish so some of that only works when you're serving one thing with the other Um, one of the fun ones to work out and these are weird looking but not weird tasting was a recipe for um, making walnuts and you have to make a sugar paste and you get a friend to cut a wooden mould so it makes the outside of a walnut. You get someone else to cut a tiny little wooden mould so it makes half a nut. Oh, you then wow. have to pound up walnuts to make, I don't know what marzipan made of walnuts is. Is it walnut pan? I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you make, wa- you make up some You make up some walnut pan. I mean, marzipan's not almond. Yeah. That's almond? Yeah, it's That's almond. Yeah. So this is walnut pan. It's not pan. armor pan, though, is it? No, what, but what my it? new one is walnut pan. <laughs> <laughs> so you make up some of that all sweetened. You press that into half a nut shell. Then you do another half. You stick those together with sugar syrup. You've also had someone making little nut shells in halves. You put a nut inside it, glue it together. Oh,
0: cool. And after
2: it? hours and hours and hours, you've got a nut again. <laughs> so it looks like the same thing it started. No. <laughs> it looks like where it started. But again, the idea of this is the luxury of you can eat the whole thing. It's yeah. sweet it's not it's so it's another of these playful little things so it's five six hundred years old but they it shows they like the playfulness that we enjoy mm. just as much so these are pastry it's of often the,
0: it's often the realm of the of the pastry chef isn't it this territory yeah. because you, you're dealing with things which are not like you said raw meats it's actually oh yeah they've got time as well I suppose you're right and the right kind of materials I that's
1: mean, right I think materials important <coughs> you can you know they used to Kareem always referred to pastry as a form of architecture. Yes. I mean it was about art. It was about deception and and creating things. And I guess yes, you can manipulate your your yeah, buttery he reckoned, pastry. Well, he didn't
2: reckon architecture was the highest art, and therefore pastry was the highest art in the kitchen or something. Yeah. Mostly because he was a pastry chef. I think you'll find it But, but also,
0: the cakes that are too architectural, as we've found, are taste rubbish. The bet, the bigger mm. and more fancy, the kind of design the harder it is to eat because to hold the things up when you're actually getting structural with it, you need an awfully lot more structural stuff. It's not Mm. light and delicate, is it, to hold up its own weight? And have you
1: seen that there's a bit of a craze now? I think there was even a show eventually on Netflix called Is This Cake?
0: Where basically, it. Okay. I've watched the Japanese original. I actually pitched yes. the spin off to Netflix as well. Right. we didn't okay. get it. Because the Japanese one is amazing. I, They're so funny when they bring out like a shoe. The shoe and, and, and they, they have cut to it. bite it. They, they put, have to put it in their mouth mm. and they bite it. And it's only at that point do you realize if it's real or not. It's
2: really, really <laughs> cool. Wow or wow. oh, you've eaten your shoe again
0: yeah yeah and they're all kind of in on it so they pull these yeah. amazing they put the shoe in their mouth and they pull this amazing face like oh it's not good it's not good oh it's cake oh <laughs> yeah it's <pretty laughs> does it taste nice i wonder i wonder no,
2: if, if it cakes.
0: Have. yeah exactly that's that, that was
1: my point i guess they look incredible but you know yeah so you, you to get, make them get lots work and properly. lots and lo- you get yeah. lots like
2: that and, and it was only reading this week that i realized that also this can backfire now, I was reading backwards and backwards. I've got back as far. I'm back to classical Rome at the moment, reading up on that, and it looks like they did the same. They talk about carving meats out of gourds, and so, so you're making vegetables look like pieces of chicken. Huh. Uh, and um, this writer, I think it's Marshall, says in came this dish of peacock's eggs, which obviously, apparently, very nice, and everyone goes wow. And then when they took one each and bit into it. It wasn't. It was pastry with some filling. Now, again, I'm thinking, oh, that's really cool. Well done. He doesn't like it. Why? I'd never thought of it the other way. It's just pastry. I wanted peacock eggs. He wanted actual (laughs) peacock eggs. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Peacock (laughs) eggs are really expensive. These weren't. You've just got some pastry chef to knock up something that (laughs) looks like it. And he's saying the same about the carved vegetables. He's going, yeah, but that's just a vegetable, that costs nothing. Where's my meat? So i never thought about it that way round, that you're going to have to fool, but it's got to be better than the real thing. I guess that's yeah. it. Isn't this, this one that's scale, the
1: skill, a real skill, pulling yeah. that off. So that you, what's, what you'd create is, is absolutely
0: delicious. And not just a carved radish next
2: to it in Chinatown. Do I rad- eat
0: this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do I not eat this? I'm never quite sure. It's kind of like that's a gut how drunk it. you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think that's curious, though, isn't it? Because like, they must have had paints, some kind of edible paint... Oh, well, when I say edible, I say uh, yeah, edible some paint. Some are, some aren't. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a little bit more Victorian in their approach. Of it. I'd be yeah, right.
2: the, the, the lists of sugar paints mostly work. Uh, some are... Well, I, I was always told that I, I have trouble telling the difference between edible and non-toxic, because I'm not that <laughs> fuzzy. <laughs> you have one of those bellies, though. If you're yeah, trying I, historical I, food, then... Yeah, yeah. it really doesn't bother me. Um, but um, the... Most of the paints are right. They're, they're earth colour. They're um, uh, vegetable pigments. So you use things like cabbages reduced down for green. Uh, cochineal, little cochineal beetles for red. You use, um, The only two difficult ones are blue. Mm which is always a difficult colour with food. You don't expect things to be blue very often.
0: Blueberries? Blueberries wouldn't do. Yeah, that they're, right. they're,
2: they're, they're a happy little American import, did not it? And they're, they're purple, really, let's face it. They're a type of purple. Um, blue, the best way of getting a blue food colouring was to grind down stones, the lapis lazuli. So, that's not a good idea. Grind <laughs> so down, down what? Lapis. Lapis lazulary. The blue stone that's used in um, um, mostly Far Asian Afghani jewellery. That bright oh, blue. Oh, you do
0: mean stone. You said stone. Oh, yeah, I know, meant stone. like
2: stones out of fruit then. You no, mean actual no, no, stones. No, just grind the stone down. It'll make your sugar blue. Hmm. Probably not the best thing to eat. Goodness me. Mostly because it's stone. It's not going to hurt you. But it's just not a very good idea. Um, in, in my... Um, uh, the cupboard that uh, no one goes in—my my special cupboard in the kitchen—that's got all the uh,
1: <laughs> weird, it. the weird
2: stuff that's what turned up over the years. Cupboard. Metal. Uh, there's powdered coral in there. That's another colouring. Ooh, and what uh, colour pow- would
1: that be then? What colour well, would well, it's coral- sort of
2: pinky colour. Pink, it's also yeah. it's also meant to go into drinks. And I've also got a box of powdered pearl. So freshwater pearls powdered, but that's more meant to be good for you. That's a medicinal. Oh, Mark, thing. So, I'm,
0: I'm inviting <laughs> us. We're going to come to your house and do a podcast <laughs> Once, from see your the, cupboard. See, we're going yeah. in, see in the cupboard. The cupboard. Have the
2: stuff that came back from Asia. Can we, <laughs> can we have some coral. But
0: uh, what about um, why is it that raspberry is always blue when it comes to things like lo- ice lollies? Why well, are the raspberry-flavored ones blue? Was well, oh, I, can, I can
1: offer a very vague <laughs> theory before Mark tells us probably the truth. When you put when you put raspberry sauce into baking products, so if you want to make a cake um, and you add raspberry sauce, when you bake it, it does go blue
2: ah I did not know that so a yeah, really oh, kind of
1: bluey colour well we found mm. it I was trying to make a Battenberg without using artificial colouring uh, and we tried all sorts coral. of things you need some coral for that well it was yeah. impossible really I mean in the end to you know, to, to, to not use artificial colourings I don't know why we bothered that much but we were trying and <laughs> it kept coming out blue You know, so that's when I put the two things together because I've always wondered why raspberry is blue but then I always wonder why cheese and only crisp could be green or blue
2: depending on what uh, brand always was yeah. there not an... I think it was when I was young. Didn't they change the packet colour?
0: You're completely
2: right. They green did. and blue were swapped round. Blue used to be cheese and onion, and green was salt and vinegar. And it caused an absolute uproar because people's brains didn't like it.
1: Yes, yeah. but even for Golden Wonder, weren't Golden Wonder the other Golden way around? Though?
2: I knew there was something that they, they and changed and the colours
1: were, were one way, and, and Golden Wonder were the other. They didn't
2: taste right. Mm. Yeah, they the don't. Golden taste Wonder's right. gone now, right? They're no I longer don't. a thing. I haven't. They seen They were really
1: one. greasy, so I'm not surprised. They were, yeah, because <laughs>
0: you can still get blue if you go for like you know. The, like, really, really strong, sort of knockoff, like, um, uh, salt and vinegar stick ones, they're still in blue packets and, right. and, and oh, squares, oh. squares, oh, the- and discos. They're all blue. Well, oh, okay. for, for cheese and onion flavour, no, or for, salt, salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar? Salt, and vinegar right. should, salt and vinegar should be blue, but we've uh, walkers have made it green, right? And we're sort of uh, a, bit, uh, a bit used to it. Oh. Uh, also, salt and vinegar hula hoops. See, I'm onto a thing here. Salt and vinegar hula hoops are blue, a blue, mm. salt vinegar
1: and onion, yeah.
2: salt and vinegar McCoys are blue.
1: Yeah, but cheese right. are green, that's right, yeah.
2: So this is all, this basically <laughs> the, code- the coding tells you what to expect <laughs> because, I mean, we've we've all done the uh, the various experiments. If you put green food colouring in milk, it tastes of mint because your brain has decided it, it does. Oh, yeah. got for it? Yeah. Oh, for most people, if most people, you do it with a t- couple of drops of green food colouring into milk and say, what flavour is this? You've already programmed them to look for a flavour and the green tells them it's mint. Does it have a flavour? Does green food colouring actually have a flavour? No, no, not at all. But they're convinced that this must be mint because it looks like mint flavoured What do they something. make it of? What do they make food colouring of? That's another episode entirely. <laughs> <laughs> no well, idea. Idea. no if, idea. No longer coral and, and beetle. I think I'm most guessing.
1: of them are fairly vegetal, from your point. Yeah, they're, ve- ve- they're, ve- ve- they're ve- based, Sort of, sort yeah. of green... Because mostly of, you know,
2: them, they've missed out. The, the cochineal is not used that much. Anymore. Uh, uh, anymore. Which, no, yeah. I went collecting cochineal beetles on a small island off Africa. That was good fun.
0: <laughs> what were you doing on a small island off Africa? I was collecting cochineal <laughs> beetles. <laughs> going to say, went there for them. <laughs> That's to make what a I cake. wanted to do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just think <laughs> one was... of Mark's adventures, it's just like... Yes, I know. What? What's a good holiday? No, I was going to get cochineal beetles. I imagine you them. like
0: a sort of diary, like a Robinson Crusoe diary almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Die arrived on a small African...
1: Yes. Do they populate a lot of the world or did you have to... Search out where they exist no, in
2: the first place. Uh, cochineal beetles are another Mesoamerican uh, creature. They come only from the Americas, but they ended up on the Canary Islands because of the boats that went there backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. So oh. if, if you're a hunter of such beetles, they're very easy because they don't have any legs, so they don't move very far. <laughs> they're bright red. <laughs> what do they have to uh, move? How do they move then? They use their lips they or something. They're, they're, they're a parasitic scale insect they are not before anyone writes in and says cochineal is not a beetle it's a scale insect that's true it's parasitic and it just sits there going <laughs> sucking on the cactus and that's all it does oh like an aphid <laughs> yes like an a and like oh. like a large black fly and you go along with your tiny little knife and little tiny pot and knock them off the cactus how they? And pop it. <laughs> Um, they sadly look an awful lot like one cell of a blackberry and they pop exactly the same if you Ooh. squeeze them badly. So your hands are crunchy. covered in it. covered in red, yeah. Yeah. They're not crunchy then when you squash nope. them, they're not no, 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 you then have to dry them to a crunchy powder. So oh. is that weird food enough for you? I don't Definitely. Know. That <laughs> you is <know>. very <laughs> weird. Okay,
0: we took you down a cochineal path, which is yes. unexpected. I've thought
2: of one though. Uh, We've we've done those, one thing looks like another, but it's all actually really good. One of the other dishes, and I got asked to do this a couple of times, um, is when you dress something up, and that's a bit weird. And one of the most famous dress dishes are swans or peacocks done in the medieval style. Peacock I've done a couple of times. And the recipe tells you that the only way people are going to be impressed by a peacock being brought into your dining hall is if it looks like a peacock. Because if you if you roast it, it looks like a chicken or a duck. In fact, right. it tastes like a chicken or a duck. Does it? I was
0: <laughs> curious about that. I what so
2: what goes. they tell you to do is you take your peacock, recently deceased, and you cut under the neck to cut the top of the head off, but leave the whole neck on the body. You then proceed to skin it without plucking it. So you you run the knife down the centre of the bird, and it's quite complicated. You have to sort of pull and and push, and you take the entire skin off, still with the feathers intact, and then you hand that to your kitchen lad, who has to take that away and rub it with cinnamon and spice, which is a sort of temporary preservative, because we're going to bring that back in a minute. You then hand your um, denuded um, (laughs) peacock... uh, over to the spit roasters, they put it on a spit. The instructions tell you to wrap the neck in paper because of course that's going to go around sticking up and will burn every time it comes too fast to the fire. So you've got the, the neck in position. You roast your peacock as you would any other bird. So um, that's about two hours turning slowly. Once it's done. <laughs> You bring it out. You take it off the spits. You set it on a plate or a platter or a dish. It's got a big one, ready to go into the hall. And you tuck its legs underneath it, so it sits there, and its little neck sticking up, but no head on it yet. And then the small boy brings back the oh, entire God. skin you wanted, weird, or its entire skin, <laughs> feathers and all, and it's laid back over the bird, so that when it comes into the hall, everyone goes, "Wow." a real peacock because otherwise they can't mm. tell and then once it gets to the table almost like pulling a cloak off someone whips the skin off and then carves it for you and everyone goes well oh, actually no thanks I'm fine yeah um, <laughs> exactly these are still normal people going on. I'm <laughs> not bloody touching that That's oh, no, ridiculous if, if you want to pep it up a bit because you know that's not wild enough as it <laughs> is um, one of the recipes tells you to take small rags soaked in camphor which will burn spit and burn yeah stick it in its mouth, and set fire to it just as you go into the dining room. So not only is it a live peacock on the plate, but it's breathing fire.
0: My word. <laughs> so I mean, that's it,
2: good and weird to me.
0: <laughs> I seem to remember I seem to remember doing something with, I can't remember what it was, whether it was a goose or a chicken for one of the shows. And I'm sure it was told us to put magnesium down the neck to make it to make a it. noise. It didn't obviously work, and we weren't allowed to touch magnesium. But I, I don't quite understand the science behind that would even make, you know, nah. certainly you don't want, particularly want magnesium no, right next your to your food, food right? <laughs> I mean, it's not a great look. So, I, yeah, I don't know what that was all about. And but. It,
2: it tells you to do a swan the same. And there's slightly lesser versions where you cut the meat off the bird put it in a pie much better idea yeah but then put the wings and the head and neck on the pie to go into the hole so
0: this is going to look rubbish unless you're a really good taxidermist right because taxidermy is not easy and they have all sorts of wire frames inside them and all sorts (laughs) of stuff just wanging the skin back on there you go sorted look at that and I set it on fire, so it's fire breathing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys I've worked in with. It's going to look like roadkill when it comes. Into <laughs> <the whole. laughs> but is peacock we, commonly eaten anymore? Uh, no, not Is it much. forbidden? Are we? No, are, no, I, I no, no. We just, no. just don't. We we just don't. Uh, bother, but they are reared in a couple of farms. I think in the West Country. If you want, to. Um, I seem to remember we had to send off to a peacock farm to get one. Sent really, I did not even get them. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, no. you've, heard,
0: you've heard my sort of attractive,
2: my attractive animal, <laughs> my
0: attractive animal scale. People have more of a problem eating the prettier the animal. So, we don't mm. mind eating really ugly things like turkeys, but the prettier it gets. If you say turkey versus peacock, people go, Oh, I'm not eating, a, I'm not eating a peacock or a swan. Are you mad? Oh, I eat a turkey. Yeah, I don't mind that. Ugly right. looking thing. I think we have, we, we, the, the prettier it is, the less inclined we are to eat it. So, when you said eating a peacock, I'm like, But no, but think of the feathers. <laughs> yeah, well, you get
2: to keep the feathers. That's the whole point of this <laughs> yeah. one. Everyone a takes one homes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, James, you're are you talking about one up ugly? for Christmas lunch, are you? Now, if you want to talk mm. about well, just... ugly, come. Uh, So if you want to talk about ugly, then you want to have a dish of lampreys brought out to everybody. Oh, the famous, the famous dish of lampreys. So we've gone from pretty peacock. Oh, I don't fancy that because it's had dead skin all over the top of my meat. Um, to something which history tells us is really, really tasty because they are eaten right the way through as this fantastic dish. Oh, you must have a dish of lampreys and, um, We just we don't know what they taste like at the moment. It's it's very difficult to get hold of them. You have sea lampreys, you have freshwater lampreys. They were fished almost out of existence. I think they're still doing all right in the sea, and it is the most ugly-looking parasite.
1: It looks like an alien. It's yeah. just a giant yeah. sucking beast. It's yeah. designed, so if you took a,
2: it? took an eel, eels are not that exciting. You know, it's difficult to become friends with an eel. But if you take an eel and then you make it weird, you've got the lamprey. Because well. it, it has these spots behind its eye, which are sensors. A bit like you get on a sharp you get these... Things, the there's a row of those behind its eyes So everyone in the media- medieval times reckoned it had seven eyes. They'd obviously worked that out quite quickly. So it was a, a quite a clever beast. And then rather than having a mouth, as James said, it's got this sucker with a circular row of teeth, so it can grip onto. Oh, you it's extraordinary! Suck, it's sucked the blood out of you. Well, um, I've actually and, and been and it's on a, big a,
0: a mission. Oh, we went to Latvia once to eat. Lampreys, because it, it was we and it, mm. they're rubbish. They taste like mud because they come from the bottom of the river. But all that oh. bloody way, fish these flipping things out, and you, you're pretty right. They are ugly as, as as can be. And you know, give them Hester and go, "Well, and try that." It's like, oh, it's disgusting. It's like, can you right. can, can we not say that after we've
2: come all this way now? <laughs> <Come on. laughs>
0: we go, no, mm, how, how revelatory. They just taste like rubbish eels, really. That was what they. I like.
2: have a feeling we're not preparing them properly. Um, there's a lot <laughs> of things that taste muddy that shouldn't. When I was last asked to bake a pike, Um, (laughs) pike are huge. They sit in the lake. They're they're the river wolves. But if you talk to anyone who's caught them, a fisherman, if they caught a pike, they'll say, oh, don't eat that. It tastes muddy. Well, people used to clean live animals out in the past. So if you went to a large stately home, a castle, a palace, there'll be something called stew ponds out in the garden they are cascading ponds that the water is pumped into or comes from a spring goes through each pond and then goes back into the river your river fish turn up in barrels so you've got your muddy pike and your lampreys that aren't doing too well you tip them in there and they're fed things like oatmeal and clean food for a couple of weeks to clean the flavor out so if you manage to get a clean pike again there's a company that doesn't um then it doesn't taste muddy. It tastes like nice fish. So I think we, we don't understand what makes these. Because I say, the lampreys are supposed to be such a delicacy. They eat them uh, whenever possible, they're very expensive. They must be good, because otherwise why would you bother? If something's just mm. really expensive but not very nice, they're going to turn up once or twice as a show-off dish. Yeah. You don't see the peacock very often. It comes out you know, twice a year to impress the foreign king. But they're eating the lampreys a lot. So, th- so how would be they be cooked much. normally? I mean. they, uh, um, instructions get a little bit vague, but apparently I'm to pick up a handful of hay before I pick up the lamprey because the um, the skin is so slippery, so you have to have a, a hand protected to grab it. Some manuscripts said it can only be killed if you strike it with a stick on its tail. That's actually not true, but they weren't really paying attention. <laughs> uh, a bit like eels, they aren't that easy to kill. You have to sort of thump them <laughs> quite hard. Oh, really? Um, they, well, right. I think they're uh, quite low down the food chain, so die very slowly it's not very nice Eel, eels aren't very nice like that they they tend to hang on a bit right if you've if, again if you've uh, seen them prepared in japan it's it's a bit um, a bit gacky oh i don't uh, know this um, well they have a i think because because they're a parasite and i think they can cart- they don't have bone they're cartilaginous. they um they have this sort of what they call a black stripe down the inside which the chef is supposed to remove so all of this uh, is pointing towards your your visit was not a very good lamprey. I'm afraid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, here's how far how far they I've been at Mark will know whether this is true or not, but I've just read on Wikipedia. Let's say, but um, <laughs> for the coronation of Elizabeth, II, second our current queen in 1953, the pie for the coronation menu was a lamprey pie. Yeah,
2: it's a royal thing, so mm. yeah, it's there on the list. They are so. I, I, I think we anyone who's tried them has ended up trying them badly, not very well prepared, not clean enough, because it's 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 just not going to be such a royal dish if it's not really really nice, because they're not going to bother.
0: Well, it's a good point. We ate it on the back of a fishing boat with a slightly swarthy chap who just whacked it on the head and gave us a bit. So that's yeah, exactly. probably why it wasn't Thank you. best. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't filtered in a beautiful lake and then made into a beautiful pie. And how uh, big was it, Jay? Was it sort of arm
2: size? No, they were quite small. They, this, right. this,
0: this, these were, oh, no. oh, about seven, eight inches long? No, they should
2: right. be full eel size. So you've got a piece of meat that's, oh, no. A couple of, um, couple of inches, four, five, or six centimeters across as a diameter. Oh
0: God, no, it wasn't that? Big. Oh
2: well, you were sold some funny. Little bit like, oh,
0: no, that. That's a terrible lamprey. That is. Oh, who gave <laughs> you do that? Dodgy. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> Meltonville Emporium do only the best lampreys. Yeah, <laughs> we, do, we do
2: quality stuff here. Um, <laughs> we could also do, of course, the famous one from the nursery rhyme: "Is the blackbird pie?" Oh, four and yeah. twenty blackbirds. Uh, That's another one that turns up quite a lot, especially in 17th century pie recipes. And this is back to this. There's lots of food on the table. We're all sat there uh, helping ourselves to roast uh, stews. And there's a selection of pies. And the best way of serving a 17th century pie, because we're helping ourselves, is for the kitchen staff to cut the lid off for you. So they go round just under the lid so that when James reaches forward to take some pie, all he does is just lift the lid off like like a hat. It's what you expect. Yeah. So, this allows one of the pies on the table to have actually been baked empty and be filled with small birds, frogs, something like that. And that seems to have brought the house down. So, I reach forward, I'm I'm bored with Peacock, I open a little pie up, up goes a load of doves, everyone laughs. laughs.
0: Well, what about Jeffrey Hudson? Do you remember? Jeffrey, you know
2: Jeffrey Hudson, the dwarf in the pie. Oh, the, the, jumped out of the pie. Yeah, yeah, the jury's I've, out on that one, isn't it? One, <laughs> As to what happened.
0: one foot six inches tall. Apparently, this is yep. not not a fact I have off the top of my head. That's something I looked up, but yeah, he he was um, yeah he entertained the the royals by jumping out of pies and things, which is mm. Lord Minimus thing. they called him. Good, good work if you can get it. What do they call him,
2: Lord? Lord Minimus. Minimus, yes. <laughs> there's
1: a, there's his portraits in the na- in in yeah. the National Gallery or National Portrait Gallery. You know, yeah, he, he was quite a notable figure,
0: mm. quite a celebrity at the time. Mm. I mean, just, I got a
2: small uh, voice saying, "Did you know there's 27 blackbirds in here as well?" Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could of got the birds out. First. <laughs>
0: we actually tried. Do you bird- know who I am? We tried the birds in the pie on set once, and it was a nightmare because we got a bird trainer there, and he had trained doves. Uh, because couldn't get, you can't get trained blackbirds. Oh, yeah. Well, too difficult to train those. <laughs> but at it's one possible. point, he said, "Do you want me to spray them?" And he got out some car spray paint and volunteered to start spraying the pigeons. And we're like, "No, no, no, no! You're fine because you're going to spray them black." And then when he opened the pie. <laughs> Their bloody things didn't come out, did they? They just sat there. And they had to kind of lure them out, like whack it in the side. Come on, there you come. It was only a tiny set. So all they did was fly around and poo on everyone. It wasn't <laughs> a massive success right. as, um, as far as these things go. <laughs> <laughs> same,
2: same problem when they invented the first clay pigeon shooting. Um, go on well when they when in the uh, 18th century they came up with this idea of you not tramping around the woods but someone actually setting it up in the garden so you can have a bit of lunch all they thought of was having a basket of pigeons halfway down the lawn and a piece of rope that undid the the tie (laughs) which which is why you say pull because your servant pulls a bit of string the lid comes open and nothing happened because they sit in there (laughs) Yeah, not and that's not good at all. So, if you're really, really lucky, you'll find a, an etching of the next invention, which has got a sprung-loaded base. So, when you pull the lid, it shoots the pigeons Literally up in the air. In so, <laughs> the... That's amazing, and I always wonder why they shout "pull." And then, uh, and then, some chap works out that well, we don't actually need pigeons because it's not working very well. Yeah, uh, and uh, so they start making them out of glass, full of feathers. These glass balls that shoot up in the air, full of feathers. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of work to shoot it. I mean, that's great being rich, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's all this is, isn't it? I know. What should I do if I'm mega rich? That's the most expensive thing I could Thanks. make? Oh, uh, now, Mark, we are running out of time here. So, give yeah. us one more, okay, oddity to
2: take Ooh. with us for our pat lunch tomorrow. James should know this because it's. Uh, I remember Heston getting really excited about this, Mister Kitchener's goose roasting. What's um, that, oh Mister d- d- uh, Kitchener? Possibly nothing, not well, definitely not Law Kitchener. So this is not, um, you know, come and fight for us boys. This is a man called Kitchener, All who right. writes a book called The Cook's Oracle, right at the start of the 20th century. He, he wrote it in the late Victorian times. And he's got mostly reasonable recipes, but he also got some very odd ideas. <laughs> right. And he's decided in this book, and we have no idea why, and we're pretty hopeful that no one ever tried it, that you can make a goose roast itself, what,
0: well, just get into the oven and sort well, of self basting itself? Well, not quite, because that,
2: that would be clever. No, no, he <laughs> says uh, if you bang a stake into the ground and tie the goose to it and then build a circular bonfire all around the outside of that, when you light the fire, the goose will keep trying to run away from the fire, but, of course, because it's circular. Oh, gar, yes. I and remember he will this one. Him, and it so, just yeah. charges round and round. I mean, well, of course just it cruel, doesn't. It just, it's cruel, ridiculous. It's cruel and stupid. Uh, I say we really hope no one ever tried. It It would also burned the just,
0: string instantly, and the goose yeah, would just, just leg ridiculous. it. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, just ridiculous. I mean, what on earth possessed him <laughs> to think of that? But I think that's my weirdest recipe to finish this. Isn't that and it's amazing not a though, recipe, as well? Because the one you're that's not right. allowed to do it, it's the one that's no written down.
0: It's the, It's always the mad <laughs> stuff that's written down. No one's writing down the packet of salt and vinegar crisps or whatever they were having back then. It's that that we remember now and go, "God, weren't they weird back then?" I reckon
1: he he had a book deadline and he thought I was was meant to write this book six months ago they want a hundred recipes by next Thursday
0: (laughs) what can I put in here (laughs) (laughs) that's a great idea winging it literally winging it if you're a cookbook on that one Uh Mark, thank you, as thank ever. You. What a delightful trip back in, in, in time. Uh, and I will not be trying any of those things there. Good. Uh, <laughs> but that was fabulous. We really appreciate that. James, that was quite the adventure, as always. Oh, it? it really
1: was. I'm intrigued. By, I am intrigued. I, I haven't tried lampreys, and I, I, they do... I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by those. I would like to also... Just have a roast peacock. I don't know that it sounds terribly decadent. <laughs> as long as I'm not breaking laws, I know morally it's no. probably wrong. I love peacocks, they're beautiful birds, if anyone's <laughs> listening and offended. But I'm just intrigued.
0: Don't, for the peacock, you know, you can you can kill the peacock, you can kill the chicken, don't rate them. Well, I've Google it, you can buy them online from various sorts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can you? Oh, I'm not doing
0: that. I'm not doing that. You can have if that. You can put one of those little cloths over your head and do it in the dark. And if just we ever be- do
2: this show as a live pop-up try the dishes i'm afraid that's coming in that's good
0: <laughs> the fire breathing peacock time cue the peacock uh, right well on that on that note and to all our listeners who are now calling the rspca yeah. um, <laughs> i haven't
1: bought one by the way anyone listening don't worry i haven't clicked buy
0: yeah exactly and to all our peacock farmers out there we really appreciate everything you do uh chaps for this week thank you ever so much speak to you again soon bye oh, goodbye <laughs>